Well, it's good to see you today, and I am so thrilled to be with you. My name is Josh. I'm one of the ministers here at Clear Creek. If you're a guest or if this is one of your first times with us, welcome to our family. This is just one of those moments we get together and celebrate. And this morning, we're in the middle of a brand new series for a brand new year, and depending on who you ask, a brand new decade. And the series is called Epiphany, The Path of the Wise. And the whole heart behind this series is simply this. We believe that God is at this very moment calling this church to get ready. You say, well, get ready for what? We don't know yet. But we sense that God is calling us to something. There are things that we are already working towards. There are things as a church that we're planning. But we believe that God is right now calling us to deeper level of preparedness. And we are looking through this series of epiphany based on the story of the wise guys, the three wise men, or we don't know how many wise men who met Jesus at his birth. And each week we're looking at this one story from a different vantage point to see what does it look like to prepare for epiphany. Now some of you are saying, well, what does the word epiphany mean? Epiphany, here's a real simple definition. Epiphany simply means an aha moment. Epiphany simply means an aha moment, a moment where you go from not understanding to where you do understand, a moment of, uh, of fogginess to a moment of clarity. And it's amazing that wise people seem to have more aha moments than others, and here's why. Wise people see what others don't. They get to see or experience or know. They get to see what others don't because, here's the key, they do what others won't. See, these wise people were not the only wise people in the world, and yet they saw the Christ child, something others missed, because they knew what to do and they did it. See, wise people don't simply know the right things. Wise people do the wise things. And so each week we're looking at one wise step. Last week, real quick recap, last week we looked at the first wise step, which is this. Wise people study scriptures and their surroundings. And you remember we had the picture of the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. They know their surroundings. They know the scripture. This is what the wise men did. They said we knew there was a king of the Jews. We studied scripture and we paid attention to our surroundings. The star appeared. We were watching for it. And so this is where we started. Now, today we're going to look at the second wise step. And I I want you just to listen real carefully. I believe that this step is the secret sauce for sustained progress. See, it's easy to start something, but for many of us, how many of us know it is hard to continue past the initial excitement? How many of us, you get excited about that new job, and then after the new job smell wears off, you're like, yeah, new job like the old job. Or how many of us are excited at first about the New Year's resolution and then we get started and a few days or a few weeks pass and then we're back to the old way of living. It's as though the new year is not so new and we're not a new us, we're still the old us. But wise people, for some reason, seem to be able to maintain momentum even past the point of the initial fun wearing off. Why is that? If you have ever given up on a good resolution too soon, if you have failed to meet a goal that you believe God put in your heart, if you have ever found yourself repeatedly saying, I wish I had, I wish I would, I just don't know how, I keep giving up, if you have ever had a moment where you are tempted to 
quit, then please hear me today. This next step, I believe, is one of the missing ingredients for most churches and most Christians. And I want you to discover it with me this morning. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Again, the story of the wise men. And here's what I want you to do. As we come to some underlined words, I've underlined some very important words as we get to them. I want you to see from those, if you can sort of suss out what is the wise next step. And when we come to those underlined words, I want you to say them out loud with me. Can you do that? This is a yes. Can you do that with me? And if you're not sure how to read and you hear other people just making noise, just kind of go, and we'll let that go, okay? We'll do it. All right, here we go. Let's read through this, see if you can figure out the next wise step. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, During the time of King Herod, Magi, this is the wise men, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where's the one who has been born King of the Jews? Now, here we go. You ready? Notice this next word. We saw his star when it rose. And notice this word. We have come to worship him. Going on, it says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. So he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of law, basically the wise men of Jerusalem, the scholars, the Bible teachers. And he asked them where the Messiah, the chosen one of God, was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Goes on to say this, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out, say this with me, from the exact time the star had appeared, he sent to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After, say this word, they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star had seen when it rose, went ahead of until it stopped over the place where the child was. Are you noticing a theme, church? Let's keep going. When saw the star were overjoyed on coming to the house, saw the child with his mother's mother Mary and bowed down and worshiped him. This is fun for me. Then opened treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, not Frankenstein, but frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, notice this, return to country by another route. Did you notice anything in the passage? Every time the wise men are mentioned, it doesn't say, well, the wise man, he. It doesn't say the wise woman, she. It doesn't say an individual. Everything they do, they did together. Wise people Wise people, here's the big one. Are you ready? Wise people travel with wise people. Wise people travel with wise people. Or if we want to go the negative, foolish people travel alone. Foolish people say, I don't need anybody. 
Foolish people do not ask other people their opinion on how to live, do, act, or think. Foolish people do not evaluate their behavior and then ask others who speak into their lives. Foolish people think they have all the answers. Foolish people are easily offended when others speak into their lives. And then foolish people may not say, I'll travel alone, but notice this. Foolish people will travel with other fools. It's not that you even have to travel alone to be a fool. You simply have to circle yourself up with people who themselves are foolish. But wise people, wise people travel with wise people. I want you to think with me back. How many of you remember back to the glory days of elementary school and the elementary school field trips? Any of you remember your elementary school field trip? Can you remember that far back? Did you remember And I remember when you'd go on field trips, maybe you're going to a play, maybe you're going to go to the museum, maybe you're going to go to some farm, wherever you went, you finally get there. And if you were like most of the kids I know, you had that one moment where the teacher would say, all right, everybody get a buddy. Everybody, you find your buddy, you buddy up with somebody. Now you find your buddy, don't you leave your buddy, don't you lose your buddy, because... We don't want to leave anyone behind. And if you're buddied up with another buddy, there's a better chance that we will not leave anybody. How many buddies is that? How many of you remember that? Here's why. What we learned in kindergarten, in first grade, in elementary school, in middle school, that everybody needs a buddy is biblical. And these wise men recognize this. Now, people always want to know, well, how many wise men were there? Some people say that there were how many wise men? Church? Three. Now, the reason people say that is they say, well, there were three gifts. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. So three wise men. In fact, there is this tradition or legend that the wise men came from different parts of the world. In fact, we have names given to these wise men. We have Melchior, Casper, and my favorite, Balthazar. I mean, it's just a great name. I, honestly, it doesn't sound like a wise man. It sounds like Conan the Barbarian's cousin, right? But we don't know how many there were. We don't know their names. The Bible doesn't tell us. And here's why the Bible doesn't tell us how many there were. And here's why the Bible doesn't tell us their names. Because that is not important. It is not important how many there were or their names. What is important is that these men did not travel alone. In fact, I want to say something to you. By the way, if you're not a Christian, you don't have to do anything we're talking about this morning. You can ignore it and it's fine. Absolutely. But if you're a Christ follower, you need to know something. The Bible says that you and I were created to do life together. In fact, there are over 100 one another passages in scripture. Love one another. Forgive one another. Encourage one another. Uh, greet one another with a holy kiss. Can I get an amen from the men? Except for, uh, anyway, okay. All these one another's, the reality is to be a follower of Christ means that you will by nature be drawn into wise living. It is impossible to continue growing as a Christian alone and be wise. Wise people travel with wise people. So here's two questions that this comes up because this brings up all sorts of questions. Here's the first question. Where are you going? I mean, before we can even discuss uh, other people, we need to kind of determine where we're going ourselves, right? 
Where are you going? If I were to ask you where you hope to be this time next year, could you tell me? If I asked you what is the goal of your life, what is the one sentence, here is what I am about, here is what I am for. We talked about this back in November about what we're for as a church, but my question is not as a church. My question is you, where are you going? What, what is the mission of your life? Do you know your mission? I remember when I was 16 and I finished that wonderful test called the driver's test. And that was a great moment because I remember I finished the test and my dad threw me the keys to the car. Now my dad drove a Cadillac. He did not throw me the keys to the Cadillac. He had bought for my sisters and I this, this old, it was a Ford Tempo, any of you know what a Ford Tempo is? Uh, basically, it is a death trap with four wheels. Um, and so he was just trying to winnow out the number of kids he had, you know, cut down on expenses. But he threw me the keys and he said, here you go. And I remember the first time I got to hop in the car and I got to decide where I went. Because keys represent freedom, don't they? You get in, you get to decide. I heard, yes, this is great. You get to decide where you're going to go. And I remember first place I went, I went to see some friends. It was a great moment. And I remember just the joy of being able to have that freedom until then I got to college. Now here's the reality. At first, driving is an exciting proposition until, as a very poor college student, you realize that it's expensive to buy gas for your car. Can I get an oh yeah? And so whenever someone else would be willing to drive, it's like, man, I will go with you. Where are you going? Doesn't matter. I'll go with you. It's free ride. And so I remember there's a buddy of mine who he liked to show off his brand new car and I didn't care because I didn't have to pay gas money. And so he'd say, hey, I'll drive. Let's go grab something to eat. And of course, then there's always that discussion, well, where are we going to go to eat? And so everyone starts to discuss the places and, and usually the cost of the place determines where you go as a college student. But there was one place that I'd had a bad experience and so I didn't want to go back. It's called Crystal. Any of you heard of Crystal before? Uh, I, there's jokes I'll make, but it's only for guys. I won't go into that here. And I remember, though, this one friend, that was the one place he only ever wanted to go was to Crystal. And, and, and it didn't matter how many guys were in the car, how many girls were in the car, and it didn't matter what we all said. He was like, if I'm driving, we are going to Crystal. In fact, his phrase was, my car, so my Crystal. And it was like, all right, fine. And here's the reality. Some of us have handed the keys of our destination to someone else. And some of us have said to another person or another group of people, you get to choose where I go. And the reality is, if you don't know where you're going, how can you expect those around you to get you there? If you don't know what your purpose in life is, if you've not nailed down your destination, then you cannot expect those around you to get you where you're wanting to go. In fact, how will you even evaluate if they're going the right way if you don't know where you're going? So the first question every person has to nail down is, where am I personally going? What is the core of my life? And let me say this to you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, hear that phrase, follower of Jesus Christ, church. What is your predetermined destination if you are a follower of Jesus? And the answer is... Let's try this again. Here, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I confused you. Though. Let me try this again, okay. The word is Jesus. Are, are we, okay, let, so let's just practice this uh, on three. One, two, three, Jesus. Well, that was, okay, a little better. Let's try this again. So church, 
If you are a follower of Jesus, the answer is Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus, what is your predetermined destination in life? Oh, very good, very good. It is already determined for you. It is not a better job. It is not a bigger house. It is not more success or more fame. It is to follow Jesus. Where are you going? And then once you know where you're going, here's the second question. Are you ready? Here's the second question. Where are you going and who's going with you? Because your speed and distance will, to, will be determined by those who travel with you. I was thinking about the people who have surrounded me and who I do life with. In fact, just a few minutes ago, in service, I get a funny little text from one of my buddies, uh, Evan. And, of course, I get up here, and he just grins this big grin at me. And and so I'm trying to remember, okay, what am I supposed to say? But who do you have around you? Who's going with you? You and I need to align our friendships around our destination. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says, do not be unequally yoked. That's just an agricultural term. You take two animals, put them together with a yoke, and they would go the same direction. And Paul is saying, don't you dare link up as your closest, as your deepest, as your most abiding relationships with people who do not have the same destination as you. In other words, if you're going here, don't get someone who's going there. In fact, let me give you some of the best, uh, for those of you who are not yet married, let me give you some of the best marriage advice I was ever given. It's from a guy named Tommy Nelson. This is free, not on the notes, but you need to hear this. If you are looking for a spouse, here's the way to do it. Are you ready? You don't look around and say, who's available? You don't look around and say, who's good looking? Because by the way, scripture says, gravity will win out over beauty every time. No amens, no elbowing your person, okay? You don't do that. Here's what you do. Tommy Nelson said this, if you want to find the right spouse, you fix your eyes on Jesus and you start running. And you just keep running. And then you look around and you see who's running the same way, with the same speed, the same passion. And then you ask this question, you want to run with me? And you found your running buddy. You pick your destination and then your people. We need to align our, our people with where we're trying to go. Align, align. How many of you um, have that joyful moment where about every 15,000 miles you have to align the wheels in your car? And it doesn't matter the quality of the car or how nice. I mean, you can be driving a Bentley or a Mercedes or a Cadillac or a Pinto. And you will still have to align the tires every 15,000 miles or so. And it's not because anything's necessarily bad or wrong. It's just the natural wear and tear of life. You have to realign, make sure things are going in the right direction. We need to periodically realign who's running with us and who we are gathering around ourselves with where we are trying to go. And so I want to give you real quickly a six-point alignment test, six-point alignment test, six statements. And these are the six things that we actually see these wise men doing with each other. And the more things you can say yes to of these six, the more aligned those who are running with you are. So let's put these up real quick. First one, my traveling friends, let's see if you can say yes to each of these. First one, my traveling friends study scripture and their surroundings. 
The traveling people that are with me, they are committed to studying the Bible and paying attention to what's going on around them. They are students of the Bible, not just when they come on Sundays, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They are students of the Word, and they're students of their surroundings. Second alignment, my traveling friends persistently pursue their purpose. How do you like that alliteration? Persistently pursue their purpose, meaning they know where they're going and they actually do something about it. They're not just dreamers, they are doers. They don't just have ideas or talk, they get up and do things. They are accomplishing. One of my favorite people in this world who's this is my brother-in-law, Zach. Zach is this 10-talent guy. He started off engineer at Whirlpool. He rose up fast. He's a younger guy, and yet he rose quickly. He has done so well, and in fact, he, he was doing so well, he said, you know, I can help other people do what I've done. And so he stepped out of that job, and now he helps other engineers promote and go higher. But he does it. Listen, this is so cool. He has leveraged his experience to help others, and he uses that conversation to introduce them to Jesus Christ. He is actively pursuing the purpose for which he was placed on this planet. So second question, my traveling friends persistently pursue their purpose. Third one, my traveling friends celebrate, and this is key, the right things. The right things. See, we all celebrate something. The question is, is it the right thing? Every one of us, there are things that get us excited that we go, yeah, about. But do your friends, the ones who run with you, do they get excited about the right things? In verse 10, the wise men, when they saw the star, they all rejoiced. Meaning they all celebrated the same thing and the right thing. Do you have friends who get excited about the right things or do they tend to focus on the things that are not right? Maybe they're negative. Maybe they're detractors. See, one of the important things when we talk about alignment If you don't align the wheels on your car over time, what will happen is you'll begin to veer to the left or to the right. And if it's really bad, you'll go off into a ditch. But if it's just slightly, slightly off, you will constantly be fighting against the direction of your wheels. Listen to me. Many of us have good friends, and they're not taking us off into a ditch. But here's such an important question. How much further would you be today if you aligned your friendships with people who are going where you were going. And it's not that they're bad people. It's not that they are, 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 are going to take you off into some crazy direction. But how much further down the road, how much less stress if you had people who are aligned with where God is calling you to go. They celebrate the right things. Number four, my traveling friends prioritize generosity. My friends, my traveling friends, man, they are generous people. The wise men, before they left their home on what was a multi-month journey, decided and prioritized generosity. We're going to bring gold, frankincense, myrrh. This is not an afterthought. This is an intentional plan. Do you surround yourself with people who are generous or who are stingy, who are about buying new stuff for them? And by the way, new stuff's fun. Don't get me wrong but their heart is about themselves or others. My traveling friends prioritize generosity. Number five, my traveling friends live to worship Jesus, meaning at the end of the day, if they don't accomplish anything else, what they do will be about Jesus. And then number six, my traveling friends 
listen and obey God. In verse 12, I love this. After they've met Jesus, God shows up to them in a dream. And he says, listen, Herod, that crazy king wants to kill my son. So don't go back to Jerusalem. Go a different way home. And instead of questioning if what they heard was right, they agreed that it was from God. They listened and then they obeyed. They listened and they obeyed. Do you surround yourself with people who listen to the voice of God and obey what he says? This is what it means to travel with wise people. And the more that you can say yes to these. So as you think about those that you're going to spend time with later today, how wise are your friends? As you think about those that you're going to spend time with this week, how wise are your friends? And by the way, some of us were in situations you can't pick different people to work with. Or you can't pick different people to be related to. Or you can't pick some of these things. But for those that you get to choose, how wise are those that travel with you? Now, here's another question that they're going to be asking as well about us. See, it's not just that we ask the question of our friends, but you're somebody's friend. And so the question isn't just my traveling friends, but rather, do my traveling friends say these things about us? Am I a person in the Word? Am I a generous person? Am I listening and obeying? Do I worship God? Is this who I am? And here's the great news. Here's the great news. It is never too late to start doing the wise thing now. It is never too late to start doing the wise thing now. And if you look up there, you go, man, I'm just, I'm not hitting on all cylinders, that's okay. We want to help you take your next step. One of the best ways is to get into a group, to do life with other people who are going the same direction or at least trying to. It's to get in a discussion group on Sunday mornings. It's to be around those who love Jesus, who have a similar vision. And in fact, here's what's at stake. This next year, God has already predetermined aha moments for you. There is coming a point, I don't know what that date is, it may be tomorrow. Or the date may be April 17th. It may be September 4th. It may be October 12th. It may be December 31st of this year. I don't know when it is, but there are coming moments over this next year. I believe that God is going to meet you and he is preparing something for you. The question is, are you and I going to be ready? Are we prepared for the epiphanies? So the next step, are you ready? The next step, wise people, travel with wise people. Are you ready to travel? 